It's Scotty here. I hate saying Scotty. It's Scott here. I'm drinking a Julius my from, from a Treehouse Brewery. Open it with my teeth. I'm an adult. I have a child. My name is Scott. <laughs> I'm a man. Uh, I'm a father now. <laughs> um, you can listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, Podcoin, Pocketcast, and Apple Podcast, or go to our website, topshelffantasy.com. Follow us on Twitter at topshelffntsy. We um, just went over the week four reviews, and now we're going to get to the waiver wire, I believe. Yes, this is a very important one. Uh, I believe that uh, waivers are just as important as what your drafts are. Uh, And knowing when to pick up a player and when to not, and how much to spend on them if you're in a fab-style waiver order, then this this is just as important. So the number one... Pickup this week, I believe for all of us, is Ronald Jones. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but he is someone that's starting to take away carries from Barber. It seemed as though there was a little bit of a confusion the first two weeks, but it's starting to get clear. And uh, Ronald Jones is actually, we were just talking about being graded as the highest pro football focus running back. Yeah, and, and not only is he taking those carries from Peyton Barber, he's being effective with them. You're seeing him bust long runs. He even had, I mean, he had a great game this past week, and he had two long runs, I believe, over 20 yards called back for holding. So he could have had an even better, higher grade from PFF. If he's going to continue this, fantastic. You need to have him on your team. Peyton Barber seems like he's slowly but surely being phased out. And, I mean, that's pretty much the, the long and short of it. If he's available in your, in your league, you have to go get him. So running backs are a premium. So, you know, what did we put yes. as a... We put- 23 bucks in a fab. Um, I think that's fair because if he continues to to do what he's doing now on a high-powered offense, um, he could be uh, RB2. Low-end RB2, high-end flex play going forward. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and at that $23 spend against a 100 total budget, well worth it at this point. And you're, four, you're four weeks into the season. You've got a lot of injuries already. Bye weeks, bye weeks bye coming, weeks coming that's, up. That's the biggest thing, too. If you get a guy like... LaBelle last week and you started Jones instead, you're pretty happy. Exactly. Most definitely. And the next guy that we have, I think the highest uh, bid that we put on is for whatever reason, Golden Tate is still available in leagues. Uh, what you've seen with Danny uh, Danny Dimes, I like to call Dan- him. But Danny Jones. Daniel Jones is, is able to continue production. So Golden Tate going to slide in as his number one receiver. Uh, if not number two, uh, and it's you know he he should be owned in all formats. He's open in fifty percent of the league, so that's why we have him on the list. And, Which and is crazy, fifty percent. Like people drafted this guy, knowing he was out for four weeks, and just dropped him. Yeah, I was gonna say his ADP. I mean, he was being drafted in almost all leagues. I think at, in like the tenth round, eleventh yeah, round. Like he wasn't that late. Yeah. I mean, he seems like he's almost the forgotten son here. He he has been good on yep. every team he's played for. He's been productive. And I, I doubt that that's going to not happen in New York. With, with with Daniel Jones, who's looked good, he needs a reliable, solid veteran target. 
And one thing about Golden Tate that a lot of people don't give him respect for is that he run blocks, so he stays on the field. Oh, he's yeah, he's good, always solid, on the field. scrappy, Heinz Ward-esque. Don't put, don't, let me call him a Hall of Famer by any means, but similar style <laughs> receiver. He can you know, he can be of value to you, and I think we have him tagged here at $12. If you can grab him for that, you're in good shape. Yeah, I mean— I would go even higher, potentially. I mean— If you want him on your team, yeah, and— Especially if you're hurting for receiver. The fact that Barkley's out for the foreseeable future, Gallman looked okay, but it's Gallman. He's not Barkley. Yep. They're going to be passing the ball a little more, too. So that's only going to help him. And the reason I think he was dropped in a lot of leagues is that we always talk about this. Those receivers in the first weeks, like John Ross, Marquise Brown, um, DJ Chark, who actually he's pretty good. But these guys that blow up week one and people just go crazy, like, well, I've got to drop someone, but who can I drop? Oh, I'll drop this guy. He's out three weeks. I'll pick him back up. Now it's too late. Yeah, you forget how rational you you were rational you were in your draft when you said I can wait four weeks for my receiver to come back, and you panic and you have to have the new hot guy. On it's the that street. sexy guy, man. You, you, you look <laughs> at him. Hot, yeah. Scott has a kid now, so he's uh, feels comfortable saying going after those sexy guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's with a woman. <laughs> I'm, I swear it's female. <laughs> so the next one on our list is actually finally a quarterback that has showed up in the stat sheet that we can trust two weeks in a row. And that is Jameis Winston. If he is out there on your block, which most people, for whatever reason, I mean, he, yeah, most people have kept him, but there's a lot of managers out there that had cut bait. They didn't really want to deal with it anymore. There was a big stigma on this is his last year if he can't prove it. So he's available in 31% of your leagues. If he's out there and you need quarterback help, which you do, because most of the teams out there have lost quarterbacks. I think there was another quarterback change this week. Trubisky's hurt, so there's there's other you know you know issues out there. And Winston is someone to look at, especially with putting up 55 points this past week. Godwin's going crazy. Evans is finally not sick. He has he's the doing well. So so Winston is definitely a quarterback to go after uh, if he's out there. And we said eleven dollars for him. Uh, if you're needy, I would put a little bit higher, but. Um, I think you know eleven is fair if if you feel like all all your teams and your leagues have quarterbacks. Yeah, if you if you're on the outside looking in, or maybe you're like a one and three team at this point, and you need to go out and get a quarterback, and that's going to right your ship. By all means, spend the eleven, spend the twelve. You can go higher if you need to. If you're going to use him as your backup to fill in in bye weeks, and you have another solid guy, adjust accordingly. If you have Lamar Jackson, and you're gonna, you can only start one quarterback unless you're in a two QB league, which is not standard really scoring. So keep that in mind. But at one QB leagues, when you are a quarterback as a piece away from being in contention, 11, 12 minimum. Yeah. Yep. That's about it. That's all I got for him. Yeah. And so the next one, again, these are more, maybe a little higher, uh, uh, you know, owned players, but if they're out there, you need to go get them. Uh, this one's Cortland Sutton. Uh, he's available in 46% of Yahoo leagues. And, uh, you know, I put in here on our, our, our list is that he, he deserves much more respect than that. Three out of four contests, he's put up d- double-digit points. And last week, he had two touchdowns on Jacksonville's defense. Um, I, I think it's it's really pretty obvious that, you know, when you have a wide receiver four sitting out there that can give you wide receiver two weeks, you should absolutely be rostering him. Um, I'm sure there's definitely someone on your team that you could drop that you're just hanging on to too long for for whatever reason. Like for me, it's Malcolm Brown trying to trade him to the Todd Gurley owner, and he won't do it. But uh, you know, if Sutton was out there, I'd absolutely be dropping Brown for Sutton. 
Um, you know, we're going to get into players that you, you should be dropping or, or maybe shouldn't maybe hold on to. We'll, we'll help you figure that out in a little bit in our hold them, fold them category. But um, again, if Sutton's out there available in 46% of leagues, he should be someone that you're looking at. He has not had fewer than seven targets each game. And, I mean, that's, and that's with Flacco too. So Production wins. Yeah, exactly. And Flacco has proven in his whole career that he can support a receiver at least one. And if Cortland Sutton's going to be that guy, you should have him. I mean, he's 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 allowing two receivers to get production. Cause yeah, yeah. Sanders and, and Sutton. For sure. You never would have thought it, but it's happening. <laughs> Uh, so we'll move over to uh, let's let's mix it up. Let's go with the tight end. Um, there's definitely been some tight end situations going on. If you had a Hawkinson, you know him going down. Vance McDonald's been banged up, so you know there's there's been a lot of uh, tight end issues towards the back end. If you, I mean if you didn't have a Mark Andrews come out of nowhere, or uh, and I don't mean nowhere, but you know Mark Andrews or the, the top three, or you know if you don't have a tight end. There's definitely some people to look at, and I think one of them should be Chris Herndon. Um, you know, if he's not owned, then what you're looking at is a guy right now that is going to be able to come in and help out Sam Darnold right away. Um, you know, right now, obviously, Sam Darnold's not playing. I think it may be a week or two before he does come back, but you have another, you know, new quarterback coming in. And uh, a quarterback's best friend is a good tight end. And Chris Herndon showed last year that he was able to put up numbers and be a pretty good option. So I think that he's actually a pretty good guy to look at. Um, you know, we put a, a bit of $6 on him. I don't know if you guys have anything more to say about. Only that Herndon was suspended for PEDs. Am, am I wrong? No, that's correct. Okay, so he was suspended for PEDs, which means that he used them in tested positive form. He'll be back with the benefit of those. They don't go away in four weeks, guys. <laughs> you go ahead and pick them up real quick. Darnold's going to pepper them. Um, really, whoever they end up starting. At, I mean, if it's Logan Falk, if it's if it's Sam yeah. Darnold, he's going to be getting peppered with targets. Noah Nunwa there. Um, yep. Robbie Anderson has struggled. I mean, again, that's a function of Sam Darnold, but you need him there. Uh, Lev Bell is going to take some pressure off of him. They should see, I, would, I don't know, I would tell him at five, six targets a game, probably more. Yeah. He's worth every penny. And they'll be down a lot, too, because they're not good. So right. Agreed. And he's a pretty athletic guy. So, you know, other tight ends that we're going to highlight in this, um, we're not going to talk too much about him. But another guy that comes back this week is Ben Watson. Dawson Knox over in Buffalo. Uh, he seems to have been putting up a few good weeks. So, you know, we'll we'll see uh, how that goes. Now, do you, tr- like, do you trust to start Ben Watson right away? No. Okay. Absolutely good. not, especially for the – for the Patriots again, though I potentially pick him up if you have the space to do it, right. and then roster him. Yep. Um, you want to grab him, but you got to make him do a prove it week, especially like you said with the Patriots. It's not a quick install. You need reps. You need time at practice. He's been there, so he kind of knows it. He's a veteran. He can probably pick it up, but make him prove it first. Oh yeah, there's actually another tight end that we actually did highlight, and that's Jimmy Graham. He's he's available in seventy three, I think, or sixty three percent of leagues. Yeah, which is shocking to me. That's that's that is unreal because you're talking about a tight end landscape that's absolutely terrible. Well, and you have Jimmy Graham. To be fair, he played in the Thursday night game, so he was down. I mean, uh, he was down for the first couple of weeks. Played in the Thursday night game. He may still not be eligible off of waivers for that big uptick, but still, you think that he would be rostered at the very least because yeah. of. First of all, his name and the production yeah. that is tied into Aaron Rodgers and that Green Bay Plus, offense. we talked about all the tight ends that have gone down or just not pro- 
performing. Mean, he has not performed, but it's, he's not. It's not saying he's bad. Like OJ Howard hasn't performed, and and now their best red zone target is going to be out this week, maybe even and longer. And that is even bigger. So we have four bucks on him with the Devontae Adam news. Um, I can see you going up to yeah, like you six go, or seven. Just yeah, to, you go higher. If you if you're absolutely yeah, needy, honestly, I go. I think I put Graham down lower. That's why he's at average at four. But looking at now, I think he should be up more. I think when I put in as well that Herndon would be the guy that I would look at, now knowing the Adams issue, um, I, I think you would probably be more confident in going with a Graham than a Herndon or a Watson or a Knox. So, you, Well, Herndon, you're still waiting one more week for. Doesn't doesn't he come back from suspension? He had, he had a bye week. Last oh, they had week. a bye yep. week. That's right. And I think that's, that's right. why he wasn't drafted in a lot of leagues because I know he was only four games, but it's five yeah. weeks. So right, right. So that's 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 good there. I think we're gonna look at um, another wide receiver. Uh, that would be Deontay Johnson, who uh, burned me this week. If you're listening, Deontay, I'm coming for you. <laughs> Hopefully he is listening. Just kidding. He kicked my ass. <laughs> um, so so the Steelers had actually found this guy who I had, um, you know, I do a lot of deep, deep draft stuff, uh, so you can laugh if you want, but I had him, <laughs> I had him as an undrafted rookie. And a lot of other, you know, uh, draft scouts, you know, had the same, but the Steelers had him as a third round grade. They drafted him in the third round, so they 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 see something pretty big out of this kid. Um, and with what Mason Rudolph was able to work with him in the summer, he now has gone for you know nine catches on twelve targets, just over hundred yards and two touchdowns in the last two games with Mason Rudolph as quarterback. And he surpassed James Washington. Yeah, yeah, I, I think big time. I I mean, quickly. I've never liked James. Washington, I know it was a huge hype on him this summer, and our friend Dickie's obsessed with him, and he sent trades for him and everything. But the fact is, I even he, fell into it too. Yeah, I with, mean, with what the connection might have been with Rudolph and Washington, yeah. but it's and not there. It was always is it James Washington? Is it Moncrief? And the whole time, no, it's going to be Deontay Johnson. And the Steelers knew something that and, no one else did. And the one thing that we know about the Steelers is that they draft quarterbacks well. I mean, sorry, right, wide receivers well. They yes, drafted, they do. Yes. They've not missed. They've missed on some character issues, perhaps, but the, <laughs> they've not missed on talent. So Emmanuel was, Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders was Brown, the first one. And Antonio then, Brown was Antonio the exact Brown, same draft class. Martavis was, Bryant. Yeah. Martavis Juju Bryant. Smith. Yep. Juju Smith-Schuster, yep. And he was a second rounder. So all those big, talented wide receivers that they, they don't you know, it'll go after. They go after these other guys that, for whatever reason, they just seem to hit on. San Antonio Holmes. Yeah, yeah seriously. I was mean, he drafted there? San Antonio Holmes was, yeah, he was drafted. drafted I think he was the drafted the Pittsburgh. Jets after. And then he went to the Jets, Jets after. after. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So there's another one. Um, I think there was another one we, we had that it was Geronimo Allison. Go check out our waiver article. We have a $2 bid on him. Cole Beasley is a $2 bid as well. Allison could go up a bit with a... With Adam's the Adams again, injury, but. yeah. Um, I think that that's, that's something that I had wrote about a little bit as well. I don't see too much of a season-long value for Allison, but he definitely should be you know, picked up. You should bi-week not fill-in, Yeah, sure. he shows you flashes from here and there. And again, yeah, exactly you said, a bi-week fill-in. If you're hurting at wide receiver and you need somebody to plug in, he's a good option. Aaron Rodgers has shown the ability to extend the play, and Geronimo Allison gets open downfield, doesn't quit on routes. He's a good, solid player to have. Yeah. So, you know, again, you can find that over on TopShelfFantasy.com. We posted a tweet on uh, Twitter earlier to link that. So go check that out. 
we are going to go into our next segment, which is my favorite. Hold them and fold them. Or fold them. Excuse me. Uh, so we're going to start off with the quarterbacks. Uh, we're each going to go around the table and tell which one that we are going to, you know, which you know we would hold or we would fold. So uh, Keenan, or sorry, I did that again. Yeah, Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen. <laughs> Keenan Allen. Yeah. Um, the I'm quarterback. Gonna, I got I to gotta fess up here. He was my sleeper last week. It did not pan out uh, at all against the 20th ranked Houston pass defense. He's not going to be better against Jacksonville. Uh, if Ra- if Ramsey's out, maybe he gets a slight bump. But in any case, he's not going to be a valuable target. Um, I would I would fold on him for sure. I would fold as well. Fold. Next one is Josh Allen. Looks like his cousin. Yep, I'm holding on to him. I want to keep him. So I have a, a issue with this because I have him on two of my teams. I had Cam Newton, and so Josh Allen was the guy that I was going to go after. Um, with the concussion that happened, it looks like he's playing uh, Tennessee this week and then a bye week after that. It's tough for me to want to hold on to a guy that I know that I'm going to have to start someone else for the next two weeks and then have him on my team. I already have quarterback issues, so it's tough for me. But after that, it gets pretty. Um, you're absolutely right. Tennessee's a tough matchup. He has the concussion. He might even sit it the bye week. I would expect him at the very longest to be back after that. The reason I'm holding him is because you have Miami, Philly, Washington, Cleveland, Miami Ooh. again. That's, that's a solid. Nice. That's a solid stretch. That's the, pretty. So, so this is a guy that if you're in a situation like or, or not me, but like say there's another manager in your in your league that has a situation like mine where I might need to actually drop him just to get something on my team to play the next two weeks. If you're seeing Josh Allen being dropped, that's gonna, a guy you want to go out and get. I'm going to grab him, and then in a week or two, I'm going to try to trade him back to you. <laughs> when his value is even higher, yeah. Exactly. When his, his He's a hold higher. for me as well for the execs. Yeah. Same reason. I just can't let him go because likelihood is you didn't draft him. You spent FAB capital to get him, and you don't want to drop him and have to spend more money for the same guy you already had, unless you have to. Unless you have no other quarterback on your roster, you have other players you want to hold on to, depending on your bye week situation. But I think we've beaten this one to the ground now. Yeah, that's, that was <laughs> that was a good topic because yeah. there's definitely a conundrum I think people have with that. The next one's Daniel Jones. Um, I know that he was picked up. Uh, flurry of people picked him up after that first game. And this past week had a mediocre to down week. And now you're going to see him in the likes playing of uh, Minnesota and then New England right after that. And those are two solid defenses. So I put a spot start on Daniel Jones this past week, but I'm going to fold him. I'm not concerned of losing him. I feel like there's there's other you know quarterbacks out there if I needed one. Again, I, I suppose we should just throw a blanket over this whole category that it depends on who you have for in the, addition to the rest of your roster. But for quarterbacks. Yeah, for yeah. quarterbacks. Because you're only going to start one of them. If you have another one, Daniel Jones is not your pick against Minnesota, nor is he your pick against New England. But he's got Arizona later. You know he's going to play Miami later in the season. Those are good matchups. I think he plays yeah, he plays Miami in Week 15, which is a Super Bowl potential week if you think you're going to go that far. Yep. But for me... He's still a fold. I'm going to fold him Yeah, I, mean, long. I don't need Daniel Jones on my team. If he's your starting quarterback now, then I feel sorry for your team. <laughs> you couldn't get anyone else. So he's a fold for me in two QB leagues. He's, of course, a hold because he kind of has to be. Yep. But um, I guess let's go to a 
the next one who's this is a, a lot better one so a one quarterback league do you hold or fold baker mayfield and well, i'm holding him but i put i will not start him going forward until he proves he, he had a quote-unquote great game last week he had 16 fantasy points people are saying he had a great game he had 16 points that's not what you drafted Baker Mayfield for right. I think you kind of have people look at the box score there and say, "Well, they put up forty, and it's like, well, Baker didn't put up forty. No, he put up the running game, put up four touchdowns. Yeah, (laughs) Nick Chubb did. Yeah, you have to remember that. And and like you said, I'm going to hold him. It's it's very difficult to sit. The offense is too good, but yeah, he's not in my starting lineup until he proves it. And I'm I'm happy to miss out on one week of production to protect my quarterback slot. I don't need sixteen points out of my quarterback. I need twenty at least each week. And if I'm not getting 20, I'm looking for an alternative, especially maybe you're just playing matchups, but you're searching for somebody that's going to give you 20 minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Baker was someone that was drafted, uh, you, you know, a little bit higher. If you did draft him, you have had high top draft. Five, yep. I yeah, think top was his five, average. top six, maybe. Um, that was when the Browns hype train was in full yeah. motion. Oh, yeah. So, so a lot of people have held on to him for a long time. Um, I, I, I'm not panicking yet, uh, but I would I – would, have a short leash you know going forward if it if it is going to continue like you said you know you want your 20 points um if it continues you know you, you start to to you can't trade them so you start to think of you know what you should do uh, but we're all all three of us consensus hold uh so we're going to go over to running backs we uh now have a situation where trubisky is not the quarterback over in chicago so we want to know what that means and what that spells for Tariq cohen uh, so Tariq Cohen is uh, in a hold or fold, you know, candidate again this week. We had him last week. We all consensus hold. Um, and I am even more confident in saying that I would hold him uh, this this time around. Yeah, I mean, I saw him at 71% owned, and that means a lot of you guys still have shares of him. And I think that you should continue to do so. He's a hold for me as well. You are seeing, again, the, the Trubisky injury should lead to more opportunities for either checkdowns from Chase Daniel or potentially more gadget-type plays or he's going to get involved. I just think it's too early to cut and run on him. I know you might have drafted him higher, and based on his you know draft stock, you might have expected more out of him. I think it's coming. I hope it's coming, but he's still a hold for now. Hold for me as well. Um, not a huge fan of the guy, but... Mike Davis isn't playing anymore. I think yeah. it was either a healthy scratch or didn't just touch the field. Um, Montgomery is getting all the touches, but in the red zone near the goal line, Cohen's the one that's in. He's going to get the those dump-off passes for a touchdown, so he's a guy you're going to hold. And next person I put up there, I put up Raheem Mustard. <laughs> Mostert. Um it's tough. It all depends if Tevin Coleman comes back this week or not, but I have it as a hold for one more week just to kind of wait and see. But I wouldn't start him. If you have to cut ties with him, like if you can pick up Ronald Jones, I would drop Mostert for him. Oh, for sure. Yeah, um, this is a good one to highlight, though, because there is there is Tevin Coleman news coming back, hopefully. Um, and if you, you don't know if they're going to go Brita or Moster, you think that Jeff Wilson's going to be out of the picture, but you never know. It could be him. Like, you really need, need to figure out what's going to happen once Tevin Coleman comes back. Don't just cut bait with a guy, you know, preemptively thinking that, you know, 
I'm I'm getting ahead of the game and you know just moving on from a guy just because you know Tevin Coleman's coming back. You you don't know. Yeah, you never know what his activity is going to be. We saw the same issue with Eckler and Gordon coming back. You don't know what that game plan is going to look like. You don't know what the running back touch share is going to look like. I think Scotty hit a dead on and Craig agreed with him. Hold him. Wait till Tevin Coleman comes back. And for me, he's just he's a hold until Coleman's on the field taking his touches. And if he burns you one week, he burns you one week, and you kind of eat that. But for me, he's he's a hold, and he's a start for what he's done. Even the first week that Coleman comes back, depending on your, your running back situation, even if you have both of them, I might end up starting Coleman and Mostert and hoping for the best. It's not outside, it's not outside the realm of possibility, and it's not necessarily going to burn you. It could. And well, going yeah. back just a little bit, back to waivers real quick. What would you spend on Tevin Coleman? He's he's only sixty four percent owned, which I think is crazy. I didn't know he was dropped by that many people. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. Um, I wouldn't have thought that either. Um, for him, I'm he's eight, a priority eight, ad. He's a priority ad. I would put him in the same category that I would put every one of my priority ad running backs, which is twenty six fat. Oh, you went that okay. high, huh? Oh, I was much lower. I guess it, again, it it harkens back to what's your running back situation. Yeah, if you have and it's. Cl- it's cloudy too because we don't know if he's back this week, next week, and two weeks. So I think that's the risky thing too. Do you want to spend twenty six bucks on him and if he doesn't play? N- so that's kind of what I'm week, thinking. Or... If, if he's not going to play this week, I'm gonna my offer is going to be eight to ten. That's how I'm picturing him. I don't think he's going to play next week. I'm going to offer eight to ten and hope that nobody else is offering on him because they don't need him yet or they don't think yep. he's playing. As he gets closer to his return date, if they announce that return date, it he's goes up significantly. Yep. Now again. You don't know what his role is going to be when he comes back. He's not necessarily going to slot back into that number one running back. He's going to now be splitting with Breda or Breda and also Mostert, and we don't know if I uh, think Jeff I think Wilson. yeah Jeff Wilson is going to be going to be an impact. In my opinion, with that backfield, is, is that <sighs> Tevin Coleman's always going to be the one that's going to be the other fifty percent guy. Who the other fifty percent guy is going to be could be Breda, Mostert, or Jeff Wilson. I think that with the ties Kyle Shanahan has had with Tevin Coleman and the usage that they used Tevin Coleman in the first game, it was sure enough enough for me to see that Tevin Coleman is going to be a guy that they want to use. And he played well before he got hurt. Uh, and, oh, and I agree. I'm, I'm a guy with Tevin Coleman shares, and I hope you're yes. right. I'm not convinced that he has the durability to come back and not get instantly that, hurt. Again, oh, that's fair. Which mm-hmm. burns my FAB budget again. That's fair. <laughs> and and so so no. And it, but my thing was is. If he's out there on the waivers, he there's just heating up news that he could be coming back soon. Um, maybe, maybe I am premature to say twenty six dollars because I didn't really fully look into it. But if I know he's coming back this week, it's twenty six dollars. If it's maybe you know a couple more weeks and that it's just coach speak saying that you know he's he's looking good, whatever, then yeah, you know you're gonna look in that. Um, in my opinion, ten to fifteen range. It's just running backs are always at a premium, and they um, play Monday night, so we might. Mm-hmm. Not even know until even further in the week if he's going to play or not. Yeah, so it's just more or less Tevin Coleman should be owned. Yeah, that's just yeah. how it, that's just how I it was, is. I mean, I just looked at my wow, he's only sixty four percent owned. That's really insane. Like he's, yeah. he got dropped that fast. But uh, all but right, if you're looking actually for a decent strategy too, if he's not playing till Monday night, I would stash Jeff Wilson or another player in the Monday night game. Mostert too. And he's he's only thirty three percent owned. Which exactly. Is crazy. And another reason to hold him. And if that if that um. Because that news breaks over the weekend that he's going to play, you can pick up Tevin Coleman while maybe everybody else's lo- uh, yeah. rosters are locked. Yeah. So we have a ton of wide receivers to get through, so we should probably go through these ones a little bit quicker. 
Um, but the first one is uh, what a lot of people probably picked up this week thinking a, a, a good matchup against the Giants is Trey Quinn. Instant fold. Yeah, so that's that's a fold for me as well. Fold. I mean, Terry, uh, Terry was out. Terry yeah, Mick, yeah. Mick um, hamstringy. Mick hamstringy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Mick, and Mick's gonna be, start next week. And he and Trey Quinn did absolutely nothing. Yeah. So. so Terry will be back. You have quarterback instability. Drop him. Yeah. Nelson Aguilar, with all the injuries going on in Philadelphia, has been rostered by a ton of people. Um, and there's still some issues going on over there, and you don't know when Deshaun Jackson's going to be coming back. It could be this week. It could be another week. Alshon Jeffries, you know, hurt, every. it seems like, every five weeks, so you never know. Um, so what do you think about Nelson Aguilar? I hold Aguilar for exactly one week, and this is this week against the Jets. After that, you play Minnesota, Dallas, Buffalo, Chicago. You have a bye week, New England, and then Seattle. Drop them after this week. Yeah, I – um... I'm more in the fold, but what Dow said, I can hold him. Don't have to start him. If he has a decent game, then you can maybe trade him at his highest for next week because, like you said, that those matchups after that, Deshaun Jackson's going to be back. It so. could, be, could be a sell-high candidate because yes. I know a ton of people are, are in on Nelson Aguilar right now. So it is it is a hold, um, and you do you, you do need to, to at least figure out what to do after this this week um but as of right now you know if, if you have some bye week stuff coming up then you definitely play him in a pinch as well uh next one's devonta parker the only fantasy relevant player over in miami he had a pretty decent catch uh that looked like it went for a touchdown this past week um would you so, count this as a hold or fold he's only he's never percent owned in leagues he's not on like i mean i don't think he's on any rosters well, I got him as a hold if you do have him on your roster. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that's why, that's so, why I threw him so, in. All right, all right. so, speculative ad kind of thing in waivers, maybe, if you have the room, if you're a th- And like they're a on a team. bye week this week, so he's a sneaky guy that you can pick up for nothing because he's not going to play zero. Okay, this so, week at all. so Sunday games have gone. You have a guy that tore his ACL. Do you drop that guy for, for Devontae Parker? Yeah, 100%. You take a flyer. Or, did, or just yeah. a crap guy on your bench. All right, this guy didn't yeah. do a thing again. I'm going to drop this guy for I mean, yep. he's, he's the only thing that seems to be fantasy relevant over in, in, in Miami. So it, it, it's, it's, he's an interesting player. I'm sure there's a lot more out there. But, you know, if you're hurting, it's a deep league. You know, he's definitely someone to look at. Um, another one that may fit the same uh, uh, bill, but, you know, if, if – you are a T.Y. Hilton owner and you picked up Paris Campbell, you can go ahead and fold him. You don't need him anymore. Yeah, he was a, a draft by some people as a, as a depth guy, especially when we thought Andrew Luck was going to continue to play. Um, he's a fold by now. Yeah, You might have drafted him thinking that he was going to have that secondary receiver role. He's not. Drop him. He's done. Fold. Robbie Anderson is the next one. Uh, that's one that I would like to hold on to, wait for Sam uh, Darnold to come back. You know he hasn't done very well. Anderson got hurt as well as, uh, and I think that you just you just have to wait for Sam Donald to come back because when he does, Robbie Anderson's enough of a talent and enough of a you know number one in that offense that that, that should be able to get you enough points going forward. Yeah, he's a hold. He's got the deep threat ability. Donald will be back. Hold. Yep, hold. He is a tough beginning of the season. Easier second half. He's even more of a. By low guy, if you can, but we'll probably talk about that later in the week. Yeah, and so the next one's going to be probably the most controversial, most talked about uh, wide receiver uh, in in any category. A lot, a lot of teams are very confused what to do. Uh, this guy showed up, 
early this year and and often and you know, he's he's done great but unfortunately john ross has a shoulder injury that's going to keep him out a month so do you hold him or do you fold him big big fold for me with aj green possibly coming back in a week or two yeah agreed it's a fold with the looming return of green he has minimal value fold so he was a sell high for me and i've never really been on john ross personally but i know a ton of people have been <laughs> Uh, it's a new coaching staff. People think that there's new light, and John Ross is, you know, he's he's been firing in all cylinders. I would be folding John Ross the moment AJ Green comes back. Um, I had heard that there's a possibility that AJ Green's out for three more weeks, but with this new shoulder injury, you really can't hold on to John Ross. There's really no reason to. There's other stuff out there that's going to help you win now. And even when, you know, John Ross comes back, say you're a four and team, you're not gonna really be able to play him with confidence with AJ Green and you know, Tyler Boyd and somehow Auden Tate is coming out of nowhere. So there's there's a lot of stuff going on in that offense and it's really not that great to begin with. Uh, so you're folding John Ross. Next we're gonna lump the next two together, which is Kansas City wide receivers, which is McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson. I know that we had highlighted it a little bit on the last podcast, but I want to get your opinion on a hold or fold if you had Hardman and Robinson. Yeah, either of them are probably holds for me. They're both good for um, you know, a deep touchdown here and there. They're 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 your classic boom or bust guys. Um they're probably not gonna get targeted a ton during the game, but they might give you the one long touchdown that makes it worth it. I probably hold on to him at least for another week or two just because that KC offense is dynamic, but with the looming return of Tyreek Hill, maybe have some concerns. Yeah, I'm holding both. Uh, they said Tyreek could be back next week. I doubt it. But at least one of them will produce, I think, when Tyreek is back. Even Watkins has a great week one. He hasn't been producing that well either. Hold both. When Tyreek comes back, see who's going to be the one that, that sticks around. I think it's going to be Hardman over Robinson because you saw that in week one. But hold them. Best offense in the league. So my take on this is a little bit different. Um, I feel as though once Tyreek Hill comes back, again, to reiterate, that McCole Hardman is absolutely irrelevant. Um, and I think with what Andy Reid has said that uh, Demarcus Robinson is a star in the making. He said, "I know it's coach speak, but you know that one-handed touchdown catch—you cannot argue with me—is not talent." And he was someone that they started to bring on late last season. He's someone that they turned to right away. Uh, snap counts have always been leading in Robinson's uh, favor from week one, week two. Even when Tyreek Hill was out, Robinson's getting more. Hardman is way too boomer bust for me to even keep fantasy relevant. Yeah, you love the production when he does boom, but you're going to have to play him every week and he might get you not that much. Uh, but Robinson could be a guy that with you know an offense that has Tyreek Hill in it, Demarcus Robinson could thrive even a little bit more than what he is now. That's that's my personal opinion. I'm folding on Hardman. I'm holding Robinson. Um, you know, Take with what we say. Uh, the next person we're going to look at is uh, DK Metcalf, another type of boomer bust kind of wide receiver. Um, you know, how how do you guys you know look at DK Metcalf going forward? He is a hold for me. Um, I want to see what he can do. So far, we've seen him run straight and have pretty decent production uh, for the first couple of weeks. You might have seen a downtick recently, but I think he's learning. I think he's progressing, and I think he's going to get better. He has great tutelage under Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson helping him out, and even Tyler Lockett's probably lending a hand with some actual route running. Maybe we see the guy develop. Right now he's a raw talent, but I hold him for the future. Big hold. Yeah. Um, 
the guy's a talented freak. And I know he hasn't produced that well in the last week or two, but like Dow said, you saw what he can do, and he's still young. It's only week four. He could be WR3 going forward, but he, he's a hold for me. Yeah, and if you, it depends kind of where you got him in the draft. If you're playing a keeper league and he's stashable, you're never going to drop him. Right, yeah. You know, correct? Yeah, no, I, I'm holding DK Metcalf specifically for those reasons. Um, you know, he's the you know most talked about wide receiver in, in the last couple of years, and he you know he's definitely someone that's been able to surprise you. I feel like you, if you had DK Metcalf on your team, you had him drafted him late, uh, so you know you're, you're going to continue to hold on to. Him. But I see a lot of people folding him. I see a lot of people dropping DK Metcalf looking for other things uh, as a boomer bust, and he was kind of you know not doing that great recently. So. You know that that's what I see, but you know it's, we urge you to hold. Uh, you know, see what happens later on in the year. Um, tight ends. Now we're going to get into and one that has been talked about quite often, uh, and and we're we're going to reiterate or change your opinion. I don't know, but OJ Howard, what do you what do you really do with him? So for me, I might be a little harsh here, but I'm folding OJ Howard. I'm sick of waiting for him to come around. He has a big game every once in a while. People think he's great. But you heard Bruce Arians say we need to get him more involved, and they failed to do so in a game where they scored 55 points. I'm sick of waiting. Uh, Cameron Brait has shown that he has the talent to actually catch the ball and be involved. He's a fold for me. Sorry, OJ. This is very sad for me because I was huge on him, as I think everyone else. But you're right. 55 points, and you had three catches for 33 yards. Brait is the red zone target tight end he always has been and that's mainly why he's there um i mean if you can keep him on your bench go for it and wait but for a tight end it's tough to just keep a guy on your bench like that and there's a lot of tight ends that are coming into their own and sadly if you're oj howard owner you probably missed out on the mark andrews the um hawkinsons you you missed out on a lot of guys that have produced because you just said oh no i got a top five guy but now you're panicking because you're losing weeks because of him yeah um you're not really gonna get much for him either um yeah at best you're gonna so, get somebody who wants to take a flyer and that's yeah. it yeah and and maybe the kelsey owner and and really that's that's about it like what what reason does any other team have to go after oj howard most others have their own tight end issues so you know that's why i say the kelsey owner but outside of that you know you, you kind of have to let that be someone else's problem at this point and try and figure out what you what you can do to better your fantasy team uh the next tight end is delaney walker and that might be someone that i might pick up uh, for for OJ Howard, uh, I think that with the Tennessee's offense, uh, that Delaney Walker is always someone that's going to look at. At least you're going to get five points rather than OJ Howard zero. You know, it's it's Delaney Walker is going to get you a touchdown. You know, maybe six to eight of them this year. So I would I, I'm holding Delaney Walker. Uh, you know, he had, he had some issues himself uh, the past. You know. First four weeks have been a little up and down, but I, I'm I'm holding him because I have my tight end issues, and and he's someone that has scored at the tight end position. Yeah, at 91 percent owned, you're probably not picking him up, but you're gonna hold on to him. Um, he's got nobody really running down his back that's trying to take over his position. They have Jonu Smith there, but he's proved that he's not capable he, of anything. He, yeah, he is not a Delaney Walker. He's a he's a long term future stash, maybe in dynasty if Delaney retires, but Delaney is not. 
going anywhere. He's not losing his role. He's still an effective pass blocker as well. So remember, he's still on the field. He's still going to be getting looks. Um, you got to hold the guy. Yeah, he, he he's a hold. He had a, a catch for, I think, four yards last week, two targets. That's it. But they're more of a running team, and at the end of the day, Marriott is going to look at a security blanket, which is Delaney Walkie. Delaney Walkie. So he's a hold. Don't drop him. Yep. We are done with holding him, fold him. Uh, we are going to get into who we believe was our personal top performer. Uh, going in from the fourth week of the season, I am picking Jameis Winston as my top performer. Finally, you got to see something out of him. Uh, kind of put a little little bit of spit in all the faces of the people that were ready to fold and get rid of Jameis Winston. 385 passing yards, four touchdowns, one pick, all on the Los Angeles Rams defense. And was able to step up and really show, you know, what he can do, um, you know, un, unfazed, you know, without limits, Jameis Winston can can produce. Yeah, agreed with you on every point. Huge game. Proved that he's proved that he's valuable in this league still. Yep. Agreed. Uh, traded for the guy in Dynasty a couple weeks ago. Ever since then, it helped me out a lot. I've won two weeks because of that. So, um, like I said, we talked about him be- beforehand. He won't have these games, of course, going forward, maybe once or twice. But, yeah. Who's um, to say? Who's to say? Um, I guess I'll go with mine. So I'm already talking. Mine's Nick Chubb. Talked about this guy before, too, as well. Um, three touchdowns in this one. Had a huge run for 88 yards, which killed me because I... F- Played against him in a couple of leagues, so that really hurt me. 165 yards rushing. Um, I mean, was he the number one running back this week? He he was definitely the number be, one running back. He's got to be, yeah. He so, may have also been the number one fantasy football player. Three touchdowns, 160 yards, you sure? Yeah. Of course he was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you on, uh, on Chubb either. That's a solid pick. I mean, he went out and did... Everything you could do. Can't ask anything more from him. Um, so my guy is Austin Eckler. Kind of a maybe a different pick, but I gave him my top performer based on kind of my expectations of him versus what actually happened. He went out, showed up. Everybody was talking about Melvin Gordon coming back, and he still had a fantastic game. Uh, the guy's really carved out a role over the first few weeks of the season. He's been dominant. Um, probably normally a guy you drafted later or maybe didn't draft at all and picked up. So... That last week shows that he's still going to have something. I know Melvin was limited, but hopefully he's going to continue to be valuable for you in the long run. Yeah, I think he's um, he's going to be a strong flex play with running back two ceiling, and you drafted the guy as a flex play. You didn't draft the guy as an RB1 or 2. So Yeah, right now ranked as the number two overall running back. Yep, never so saw that he's going to come, come back down to, at worst, what you drafted him for. Exactly. So right. you're fine. I mean, you can't, they can't go away from him. You Not won at this point. You won a few games off of him. Obviously, your Gordon, first two weeks. So yeah. Sorry. I mean, obviously, Gordon is the number one, but um, Eckler, you can't you can't go away from that. I mean, you you have to be able to to keep the guy on the field. So uh, you know, it's it's going to help out Philip Rivers. It's going to help out the offense to have two good running backs. So um, my biggest letdown is Dak Prescott. Uh, this is personal. 
Um, and uh, there's 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 many there's there's many reasons to it, but there's a ton of people out there that saw the number one matchup against quarterbacks, and were like, "Easy, we're gonna play Dak Prescott." I have Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson on two teams. Somehow I locked into that because, uh, well, obviously Lamar Jackson, you know, kind of came out of nowhere this year. But I have a, a, have a issue with picking between the two. It's a good problem to have. But I lost my week this week because Dak Prescott had only 223 yards, one touchdown, one pick, and had 8.6 points against New Orleans, who had been letting up the most points to quarterbacks. So that's a that was a huge letdown to me. He lost my fantasy week. It's someone you expected to have a high game, and he really sucked. Yeah, he... I don't know, forgot the game was on Sunday. I'm not sure. He just never showed up. You, you'd seen him really carve up defenses in the past, defenses that we thought were better than New Orleans. Now, is this a turning point for New Orleans? Are they going to be a better defense? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I think kind of just Dak had a bit of a stinker this week. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's just yeah. unfortunate. That was a uh, depressing game to watch. Like it was. Like said, it, it was all field goals and a Zeke touchdown, and that was it. He killed you he killed you if you had cooper um overall yeah i mean better days ahead i think you can chalk that one up as just a outlier um agreed i will go into mine i'm drinking a little cloud candy um forget where it's from oh mighty squirrel brewing company in Waltham, Mass. McMighty Squirrel. McMighty Squirrel. That is Terry's new... Can we, can we land on one? <laughs> Mc, McMighty Squirrel. McMighty well, Squirrel. It depends what he does next week. <laughs> um, so my biggest letdown was DeAndre Hopkins, and it has been for the last three weeks. Um, last week, he went for five receptions for 41 yards, and that's it. Week before that, 67 yards. Week before that, 40 yards. So besides week one, he has been one of the... Um, worst wide receivers in fantasy football. And I think it's more on the offense. They need to give him the, the ball more. They're running too much with Hyde, even though I do like Hyde, but they just need to spread the ball out more. Everyone in the passing game there is just suffering, and I do not know why. It's, it's well, you gotta, you gotta call out Bill O'Brien. Yeah, but Watson. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's, this, it's, this it's is, true. This like, is their problem. You have DeAndre Hopkins. If you don't pepper this guy at least 13 times a game, I, I don't know what's wrong with you. He's the best receiver in the in the NFL, if not top three. Yeah, so I don't know what they're doing in in, te- in Houston at all. The Texans are disjointed. The, I mean, their quarterback, Deshaun Watson, just is missing passes, missing throws left and right. I can't disagree with your point at all. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins has been a letdown. Perfect, perfectly nailed it. Um, actually, this kind of works well with – my letdown here, um, I've got Odell Beckham. He just hasn't produced the last couple weeks. This, I mean, he showed up in the beginning of the season. He's half-point PPR is 10.6, 25.1, 8.6, and 3 last week. 3 is just unacceptable from an Odell Beckham likely first or second round pick. Um, he only managed that 25-point outburst against the Jets. Tough sledding ahead for him. Uh, he's got matchups with San Francisco, Seattle, then this bye week, New England, Denver, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, a pass against Miami, then Pitt, Cincy, and Arizona, and Baltimore. So you got Miami and Arizona in there. Besides that, I don't see it getting much better for him. He's going to have tough sledding the rest of the way. I mean, Jarvis Landry showed up last week. Why couldn't he? We saw him get in a fight with a, another player on the other team instead of producing as a wide receiver yep. in a football game. Just a, a letdown at, at every turn. 
I mean, it's it's he's he's on the brink. It's week four of having a you know uh, field goal practice you know net issue. Yeah, that we're gonna see with Odell, and and this happens year in and year out. The last three years, Odell has flipped out on the sidelines. Just wait. And the yeah. problem is that he's unsittable. Like you have Odell Beckham, you're never gonna sit. You up. have to start. And then it's the same thing with Hawkins too. But yeah. I mean, Odell that 25 point week. That one catch at the end of the fourth quarter for 83 yards and a touchdown. If he doesn't that, if he doesn't have that catch, that's an 80 yard game with five receptions. Another yeah. like 10 to 12 yeah. point game. Not so good. it could be 10, 10, 8, and 3 instead of 10, 25, 8, 8 and 3. So yeah, 100%. Um, that is scary how you score 40 points this week and nothing to do with OBJ at all. At this point, you're looking at him as a sell, and whether it's high or low, I don't know. You're selling him maybe on name you're, alone. You're selling him on name alone. <laughs> yeah, That's it. the value is going to be tough to get yeah. back from him. I put, name I put, and potential. I put buy low last week on OBJ, and I don't even know if I want to even buy low on what I saw last week. You sell now. him for a guy that you can... Um, by low one. So if it if it's a, uh, I'm trying to think of a. Would you do maybe, him for Stephon Diggs right now? I would think about it. I if I knew Stephon it. Diggs was going to the Patriots, <laughs> I would. Yes. Before last week, I would be like, all right, OBJ for James Conner. Two guys are that that are yeah. struggling in their positions. Well, I mean, I would always have it. Uh, was one running back, but um, but I mean, it's a, it's a good point. They drafted low, low. around the same time, you know, right. late. First round, right. early second. They're both struggling, so that could have been a guy. But now it's kind of you trade I mean, him for. Hmm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to guy. I mean, it's tough. Like Calvin mm-hmm. Ridley. I would. I don't know. I don't Because he's got goose eggs the last two weeks. No. Yeah, I mean it's 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 tough sledding here for an OBJ owner. Yeah. I guess I guess we're putting our hands up saying you know your shit your SOL, but <laughs> but uh, you know we'll, you you'll you'll figure it out. We all figure it out, or, or you can you wait. Uh, for now. You can wait seven weeks. You do, for the you, Miami you, I game. think that maybe the the best advice we can give is just to hold on. Um, you know, just hang on. But I mean, again, like Scott said, he's one slant route that he takes to the house away from a good week. Right. That's why you're hanging on to him. Yeah. Right. So I want to go into the Thursday night matchup before we get into what we're going to do a little bit later. Is first quarter awards. Uh, we got another good Thursday matchup. I'm, I'm loving the the two back to back weeks. We got the Rams who are three and one. We got the Seahawks who are three and yeah, one. This should be a good one. This should, this should be fun. It should be interesting to see what happens. Seahawks traditionally are really good on defense. Rams are definitely good on defense this year. Um, you know the offense is a little interesting over on Seattle, and and the Rams seem to to try and play it a little cute. So it could actually end up looking like the same thing what you saw. Uh, this past week where, you know, the, the Rams find themselves down where it's not going to be a 55 to 40 game because it's, you know, a Thursday and it's also the Rams versus Seahawks. So it's going to be defensive. Yep. Um, but it's, it's going to be fun to watch. I feel like, you know, you got Goff versus Wilson, Gurley versus Carson. You know, w- w- what do you think about it? Lockett versus Cup versus Woods versus Cooks. I mean, for a Thursday night game, um, you're excited. Um, I'm hope I mean, Last week was awesome, and this week can only be the same or better, I think. I hope. There's plenty of players that you're going to play this week. There's a lot of times where you go, oh, crap, I have a guy that's playing Thursday. I was like, do I want to start him? But in this game, you have a lot of guys you are starting, and I'm pretty excited to watch it. 
to, yeah, to I be mean, honest. The, the injury list is short on both sides. It looks like everyone's going to be playing. Um, it, it's a 50% to 50% you know, game. It, it, you have the Seahawks minus one, and I'm pretty sure that's only because they're home. Uh, so it's, it, it really is just, it's going to be one of those fun ones there. It could be a trap fantasy game, but as far as an NFL fan, this is a fun, this might be a fun game to watch. Yeah. The only concern I have is the forecast calls for rain. We're yep. looking at potentially a run heavy show by both teams. Chris Carson's going to pound the ball. Hopefully and not fumble it a bunch of times. Gurley. I mean, he might if it's raining. Yeah, Gurley has, <laughs> Gurley has shown that he's healthy. Maybe he's going to get an expanded role. I think uh, McVay said he wants to get him 25-ish touches a game. Yep. So that's the only caveat I have. Besides so, that, Rams-Seahawks should be a good matchup. Should be should be exciting, I hope. So so if you have Goff, maybe look at something a little different uh, this week at quarterback. If you have Wilson, you're playing him because you don't have anything else. You can count on the run game. I think that you can count on a locket and a cup type. So both kind of short, intermediate kind of receivers. Um, who knows what the heck's going to go on with the long ball. If it is raining, it's going to be tough. Um, but, you never I mean, you really never know. And boom and bust players are boom and bust because they're unpredictable. And I know I've been wrong on this before. I think Woods misses the volume that we saw this week. I don't think he, he repeat performance is, is – I don't think he has a repeat performance in, in his bag of tricks right now if it's raining and the run is heavy. I but, tend to agree a little bit more on that uh, but for if this they can, type of matchup. But if they can run the ball well, you might see play action to uh, Brandon Cooks long. He he has he does rush sometimes. I was gonna too. say I think is the the Brandon Cooks week where he's going to get that that deep ball for a touchdown and he's gonna. That's definitely entirely possible. The, yeah. pr- the problem with him is if you watch him play, and I saw it a lot when I watched him play on the Patriots. Instead of going for the ball on those deep balls, he just grabs the uh, pass interference and is happy with it because he's. He's got you a 60-yard penalty. It's probably what he's told to do, too. Yeah, and so. it's not a bad strategy in today's NFL, but... But for fantasy, that's... It hurts you so much. Right it's, 60, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 60 yards off the board for anybody that you might be playing in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, so, should be a good one. Yeah, no, that, that'll be fun. So, like I had uh, said, we're going to go over some first quarter awards. Four weeks are in the books. Uh, we're going to go over our top shelf uh, award winners. Our top shelf running back is none other than... CMC Christian McCaffrey has been killing it. He is the number one running back in all of fantasy right now, and he—I don't see any slowing down. No, I don't. Um, you draft this guy; he's either one, two, three, or four going to drafts, and he's the only one in the top four that has has produced um, this well. So, I mean, he, like we said, he has every running back touch besides three or four in the entire season he is the offense he's on the field all the time if they want to win they need to give him the ball and they realize that after that week two dud they just need to get the guy the ball more they did last two weeks again rb1 yeah he's by far your best player on the carolina team especially on offense maybe you throw keekly in on defense i don't know but by far on offense your best offensive player he's untouchable on, on the first hit, he's he's Saquon esque. He's hard to, he's hard to bring down. He can catch the ball. He can run. He has every move in the book. Easily for the through the first few games, best best running back in the game. 
Also, I should mention I'm about to crack into a Curiosity 76 by Treehouse. Where's that? Oh, Treehouse. <laughs> oh, yep. Treehouse. If you listen to our podcast, you may have noticed uh, we made a trip there. We're still trying to uh, drink through that stock. You know, I'm doing my best work out here. Uh, so, you know, we, we like to go through these awards. I would like to see how it actually ends up happening out uh, within the first quarter to the half to the three-quarter mark into the final part of the year. Uh, so much is always put uh, into the first quarter of fantasy football. That's when people make their opinions. That's when they see the John Rosses and really kind of get get your you know your nails dug in on certain players. So it'll be fun to see how the awards shape out each quarter of the season. Uh, because this one, I feel like, is a big surprise because he is always more traditionally a back half of the year kind of wide receiver. So our top shelf wide receiver for the first quarter is Keenan Allen. Yeah, he's a favorite of mine, has been a favorite of mine for years, but finally is healthy through the first four weeks. He, we don't see him dinged up at all. hes I don't even think he's had a questionable or probable tag at any nope. point. So He has not, no. He showed up. He's played well. He's been targeted a lot. Last week was probably his uh, worst week against Miami, but that's kind of just a it's Miami. Of in Miami. And we know? talked about that too, I think, because he was a, like the number one receiver start last week because of Miami, but... It's Miami, so you're like, all right, are they gonna are they gonna be up? Are they going to run the ball? You know, exactly. I the, get scared. There's about no point receivers. of you know of using him that much when you know you have the game in the bag. Um, yeah, last week five receptions, 48 yards, 7.3 fantasy points, and he's still the number one receiver. Yeah. He has his targets week one 10, week two 15, week three 17. That. That's insane. He's getting peppered with targets. And I bet you in that Miami game, you take a look at those targets, they were first downs. I mean, they were probably necessity targets. Oh, yeah. Threw it yep. to him just to get yards. There's no point to, to, to do the deep throw or, or yeah. the don't risk a touchdown deep. pass. Don't, nope. don't sacrifice your body. Don't get yeah. hurt. And what Craig said, this is a guy that you usually buy at the second half of the season because yep. he's not playing that well. But, he, you know, if he can keep this up and do what he does before um, years pass, then... You're looking at he a could guy be the number one receiver, yeah, and, yeah, and th- in the first a, round next year. Yes, absolutely. Uh, he has, yeah. So I just 48 targets, which is the most. 34 receptions, which is the most. 452 yards, which is the most. Three and touchdowns only, is the second most. The second most. So, so I mean, it's it's not like he's doing well in one category, not the awful. other ones. It's all four of them. And so the number one fantasy football player this year so far comes at the quarterback position, which is no surprise, obviously, because they get the most points. Uh, but his name is not Patrick Mahomes. The top shelf quarterback of the first quarter is Lamar Jackson. So I get a notification about a week or two before our dynasty draft, and it said, it was from Yahoo, and it said, can Lamar Jackson dethrone Patrick Mahomes as the number one fantasy quarterback? And I laughed out loud. I was like, what a horrible take, Yahoo. And look at me now. Four weeks later, Lamar Jackson lighting the world on fire. He's completely deserved of the of the title of best uh, top-shelf quarterback. He has looked good in every game. Even his bad games, quote-unquote, 21 points, 26 points. And those are his bad games. They lost. He didn't throw that well. But... So his bad game is 21, and we're talking about Baker's great game at 16. Exactly. And you drafted Baker at, at QB 5 or 6. You drafted Lamar Jackson's QB... What, 15? 10 to 18 range, yeah. depending when you drafted. But um, week one, he only had six rushing yards. And after that, I think he has... What does he have total now? 
238 rushing yards. So yeah. he is a running quarterback. And in some games, he doesn't have to be. And that's even scarier. He's 107 yards ahead of the next. And who's uh, the next? Josh Allen? Josh Allen. Yeah. Okay. And, I would so, just like to and mention, Kyler is way too I would just like bad. to mention I wanted the Patriots to draft him. I wanted them to take him. <laughs> you heard it here first. Every, and, yeah, and yeah. for some reason, and, Bill Belichick oh, wasn't getting everyone, hate, calls. everyone hates you now. <laughs> Say you're a Patriots fan. No one wants yeah, to Yeah, so if you drafted Lamar Jackson, and we talked about it during the summer too, how this was a fantastic guy to get late. Um, good for you. Yeah, definitely. Most definitely. And he, he also comes in with a different award we'll get to later. Um, but uh, the next award for top shelf tight end uh, goes to none other than the kind of only target getter it's over just, in the Giants, yeah. which is Evan, Evan Ingram. Ingram. Um, uh, Mark Andrews gets a nod and he a, shouldn't get a nod. A though. runner up. Um, Scotty disagrees. Because he he's, he's not even second. So we'll get to that. <laughs> but it is later, Evan though. Ingram. Uh, he has. Uh, 37 targets, which is the most at the tight end position. 27 receptions, 331 yards, which is the most at the tight end position, and two touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, you've seen Ingram, if you've watched him play, make some unbelievable catches. I mean, I think you know the one I'm talking about specifically, the uh, one he just reaches up kind of casually and grabs it one-handed. He's got the talent. He's got the speed. He's got the, the size. He's actually improved his blocking a ton this year, which I think... I mean, I talk about blocking probably more than any human being in the world, but... Maybe next to Mango. Shout out Mango. But when you're blocking, you're on the field. When you're blocking, and you're on the field. And that's the biggest thing. Coaches don't feel that the leads need to, to you receptions out. and production. And that's how you stay in the league for a long time. Like, look at Jason Witten. The guy's a great blocker, so <laughs> he, he gets open. He came back because he's a great blocker. And and the thing is, for him, he can sell the blocking route, and then he can split out because he's so fast, and he can make and up that's time. the exact same thing with Gronk, and why Gronk was that much better than yeah. the second best. Exactly. Um, and Evan Ingram came off a bad week, too. And still number one. The one guy I would like to highlight is not actually Mark Andrews. It's um, George Kittle. He's kind of at a dis- disadvantage. He, I know he plays. He's kind of down stat-wise. But is that your butt fumble? Because that's not top shelf. Okay. Well, I, I can hold <laughs> off for the butt fumble. Yeah, so let's just put that slash. And I was going to say that because I, I was looking at the tight end thing. Like, wait, where that frig is George Kittle? I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. He's so far down there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that will come into i mean should we just talk about the butt fumble now yeah, yeah we, we'll go to buffalo okay we'll so, so um dow's already started so dow's george kittle is your butt fumble yeah george kittle um you know first of all he he gets kind of shackled with the early bye week so he's only he's only got three games on instead of four he's had three touchdowns in one game from jimmy g called back he could be producing at a lot higher level but you're still looking at him as kind of a letdown slash butt fumble because he was probably your first tight end off the board if you maybe him zach Ertz, and oh well sorry kelsey is your first tight end off the board right and then kelsey's still top yeah four or five right now so yeah but you're looking at kittle and Ertz kind of back and forth i know if you're in dynasty or you're in um just a standard redraft league you're looking at him to produce maybe 12 to 14 15 points a week he hasn't quite done that, but like I said, three touchdowns called back. I think it was week one or two, and he could he could easily easily be in a much better position. So that's my that's my pick. I, mean, I don't know if you guys will have if you guys have any different thoughts, please. Let no, me know. And, and I was going to pick that same guy as well because I just looked at the that whole thing and, and uh, 
realized he's not been doing that well. Um, I, I don't think it's all him. I think it's the team in general. And p- people did say it was, you know, he did not do this last year with Jimmy Garoppolo. So that was a concern. And everyone's, you know, brush it off. It's George Kittle. But could be a concern. Yeah, I mean, apparently C.J. Beathard was uh, better at targeting him. Hands down. That could be a function of a a few different things. It could be Beathard himself kind of just saying, I'm going to check it down to my tight end, make sure I get it to my best receiver, and Jimmy kind of being more confident that he he wants to throw to wide receivers instead or check it down to running backs. Or it could just be people are very well aware that Kittle is a premier target. Craig, yeah. I was just going to say, Scotty's writing in another name, which also I is mean, deserving se- of the award. Someone put Kalen Balazs, and he shouldn't, he shouldn't even well, be here well, at no, all. Well, he no, no, that's direct- actually, no, no, that's not true, because Kalen Balazs got a shit ton of hype, and he absolutely has dropped the okay, ball right, a fine. ton of times. Okay, all right, actually, yeah, you're right. But the thing is, is that Butt Fumble can go to a ton of players. Um, I don't know if we can give it to all the bad ones, <laughs> but if we can pick, if we can pick one, I mean... So we we have OBJ here too. We, we already talked about OBJ before, so yeah. you know our stance. And Kittle, I have mixed in there, but we already kind of talked about him. So let's talk about Caden Balaj more because he's actually fumbled or dropped the ball more than any other human being. I actually have someone else that I would want to put into this category, and it's someone that a lot of people have drafted and then dropped, and it's someone that Top Shelf was on for a long time, and that is Cam Newton. Yeah. But I feel like Cam Newton should be getting the butt fumble. Yeah, but he hasn't played in two and a half weeks. Yeah, but when he did play, he sucked ass. He played one game. All right, fine. Small, so you you can't do it. Kalen Balazs has played almost every game. Yeah, you can't put a guy in for injury. You can put a guy in for Kalen Balazs' inability. Tyreek Hill, the same thing. He he did nothing so far. Tyreek Hill is Three points. Yeah, he's a bump. He's he's a dummy. But Kalen Balazs has been healthy. He just stinks. Uh, there's really no two yeah, ways. He's about not it. good at football. During the draft, people are talking about uh, Kenyon Drake not being the number one running back because of Kalen Balaj breathing on his neck. Well, Kalen Balaj can't catch a football. Like, I, I, I know twelve year olds I could trot out there. He that literally catch a looks. Football. He looks like he doesn't know how to play football. Yeah. The interesting question is that no, none of you guys question why I know a bunch of twelve year olds. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to make. Is this the right podcast to talk about? This, about but I just but, but totally you, you didn't get, even listen to what you said. <laughs> but you get my point. Um, Kalen Balaj is just bad at football. Yeah, he's for he some sucks. reason uh, Flores wants to keep hold of him and and, and send Kenyon Drake elsewhere. But it's because he wants Tua. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense if your coach wants to lose. All right, um, we'll go to the biggest surprise. We'll save the um, the yeah. uh, the award for last. But um, biggest surprise for me. Um, and should be for almost everyone yeah, else. For the top shelf, biggest surprise. Austin Hooper, biggest surprise. Um, th- this is a guy who we didn't even have ranked in the top 12. Maybe was no. 12, if anything. Probably 13 to f- yeah. 14, right no, around Nobody the, had him ranked. Right around the, the, the um, Graham, Walker, maybe Olsen, even after those guys. But I did draft him in a few leagues as as um, if I had the strategy of, of waiting for a tight end at the very last round and he was there. Um, it was between him and Mark Andrews, who were actually pretty similar in points. But Hooper is right now um, the second tight end ranked in fantasy leagues. He's getting over six targets a game. That's his lowest. He is getting he gets 
He's trusted by Matt Ryan. He's another security blanket. Again, a tight end always is. Last week, nine receptions, 130 yards for a tight end. For a wide receiver, that's very good. For a tight end, that's amazing. Yeah, I I mean, I 100% agree. Um, He's in a what's becoming quickly a pass-first offense just because they've been playing from behind so often. Yep. You have Matt Ryan, who can still throw the football. He's a talented quarterback. And, again, he's looking at Austin Hooper regularly because Austin Hooper's catching the balls he's targeted on. I was in a similar situation to you, Scotty, as far as the uh, drafts go, and I had Austin Hooper available, and I took Trey Burton, and I am going to bash my head through a wall because of it. But, yeah, biggest surprise of the year, Austin Hooper. I would say outside of maybe a couple of rookies who are just naturally surprises, but guy that you wouldn't anticipate it from, Austin Hooper, big big surprise i did not see it coming for at sure all blindsided by it huge rise in a very shifty terrible landscape that is the tight end um so you know that's that's why we put our top shelf biggest surprise on austin hooper the next award goes to someone who is outperforming their average draft position by so many positions it's 106 spots his average draft position was 106 and is now the number one fantasy football player. There are other people that were in contention, but no one better than the number one fantasy football player. That is the Hold My Beer Award goes to none other than Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and you can extend the Hold My Beer Award to half of his runs. He looks at some of these defenders and is like, hey, buddy, hold my beer. Yeah. And jukes around <laughs> them like he's not even there. I think it's that. The guy has moves like you've never seen, and yep. I think – the defenders on the other teams would agree with you because they don't expect a guy to have the step back juke out of the quarterback position. And uh, Justin Houston was it that got fooled on Kansas City? Is that him? Yeah, looked embarrassed that he could he couldn't tackle. <laughs> hey, it's been over a decade since we had a Mike Vick. We're due. Yeah, seriously. If only the Patriots drafted him. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. So he he's a guy we talked about him actually a lot this episode. So. If you have him, good for you. If he's still out there, pick, pick him up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's no way he's out there. <laughs> yeah, he's, if he's out there, he needs smarter you can, friends. You yeah. also can't trade for him. But no, uh, no, you you got to give an. Arm that's it. Leg. That's it for the first quarter. Uh, you know, here's here's to four more weeks. We'll get to the halfway mark. We'll we'll do half season awards. Uh, you know, we we we've we've gone through quite a bit. We might call um, them mid season awards by then. Mid yeah, mid season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, less, <laughs> less than full. Le- less than full. <laughs> All right. We are Top Shelf Fantasy. Find us on Twitter at Top Shelf FNTSY. We have an Instagram now. We're posting over there. Uh, you can go over to our website at topshelffantasy.com. Check out that waiver wire article that we have put out our write ups on. Uh, thank you, Corey, for proofreading that. Anytime. Uh, so we are going to sign off. Thank you for having us. Stay fluid. Stay loose. Okay.